You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. A lot happened in the sports world. The Elite Eight is now set. And big news out of the NBA, very expected news, but still very big news, and that is that Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, both bought out, both on new teams, and who did they choose? Of course, the Nets and the Lakers. There was news that Aldridge was going to go to Miami. He does not. He does go to the Eastern Conference, but it's to the Brooklyn Nets, who are clearly the favorite. The rich just keep getting richer. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to bring on a longtime friend of mine. An NBA and Laker diehard fan, uh, Lisa Roger, will be joining us. She has been featured on a number of podcasts. She's uh, very close with uh, several um, NBA and ESPN reporters. We're going to get her take on some of these deals and on the Lakers and the Jazz and the Clippers and who's got the better chance. She's a little biased, I, I know. She's a diehard Laker fan, so I'm curious to see what she has to say. Uh, but she'll be joining us, and that'll be a lot of fun. I want to start, though, real quick with uh, March Madness. Um, UCLA is now in the Elite Eight. They went from first four to Elite Eight. They're just the second team in history to do that. They upset uh, Alabama Crimson Tide, who I had in the Final Four. So now I am now entirely just riding on Gonzaga to hopefully get me into the top 10 of my own bracket pool. Uh, I uh, am at 29th. I did, as expected, I did climb from the cellar at around like 40th, you know, which I was like third to last sitting at 40th. Now I've climbed 11 spots to 29th. Um, all because of Gonzaga. I knew that was going to be a safe bet. I I picked all sorts of upsets. I was wrong on the vast majority of them. There's been a ton of upsets. I just didn't pick any of the ones that happened, which that's what happens when you try and pick some upsets, unless you really know a specific, unique thing about a team. Um, Picking upsets is tough. And even when you do, it's really tough because you just don't know. But the Pac-12 is just balling out right now. And they've got three teams. The Pac-12 has three teams in the Elite Eight. That's Oregon State, a 12 seed. I mean, pretty unbelievable. So the Pac-12 balling out. Um, and I'm again, I'm just riding Gonzaga. So we'll see how that goes. Again, the winner of the bracket pool gets 100 bucks plus a chance to come on the podcast. I'm starting to have more and more guests. I'm going to try and do at least a guest a week. We'll see how I can do. Maybe even more. Um, feel free to, to leave a comment below, by the way. And if you enjoy the guests, I know the one with uh, Jimmy Rex did really well. Last week, um, I'm excited to have Lisa on today. Should be a lot of fun. Very intelligent uh, with the NBA. But um, speaking of the NBA, we got to move into that, and then we'll just get straight into uh, my chat with Lisa. But the rich just keep getting richer. That's just kind of how it goes in life sometimes, you know. Like during this pandemic, who got super rich, even richer than he was before? Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Sometimes the rich just keep getting richer, um, and that's what's happening in the NBA. Andre Drummond now with the Los Angeles Lakers, LaMarcus Aldridge now with the Brooklyn Nets. These are two guys that are 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 total studs. I mean, they're not um they're not they're, they're not like superstars by any you know by any means, but these are really quality players. Uh, Andre Drummond is only 27 years old. LaMarcus Aldridge is 35. So I think just given that stat alone, um I think Drummond's probably the slightly better player. But these are two guys that have proven throughout their careers to be really, really quality players. They can they can score, they can rebound, they can defend. Um, big, tall guys. And now they get bought out by their existing teams. Okay, Drummond with the Cavs, LaMarcus Aldridge with the Spurs. And they just get to go into free agency and choose where to go. And, and of course, they're not going to go choose 
to go to some crappy team, they're going to choose to go to championship contender. Why? Because you just got your money for this year from the, your existing team. You can go sign for another couple million bucks with the, with a title contender, help them win a title, get your ring, and then go get paid again. So I don't know how much I love that the NBA does this. Like none of these guys are ever choosing the Jazz. They're never choosing the Spurs. In fact, they're leaving the Spurs. They're never choosing the Blazers. You know, they're never choosing these smaller market OKC like. They're choosing Lakers, Nets, Heat, you know, Knicks. Like, it's just big market teams. And so part of me wonders if the NBA should do something about this and have a little bit of a say in where their employees are, you know, because the, the league really is employing the the players, right? The, and then the, the, the teams are the franchises within the league. The league is the main entity. And it feels like they should have a little bit more control. There's something to be said about parity in the NBA, um, if healthy, these teams are clearly the favorites. They already were, and now they even more so are. I mean, you add a healthy Andre Drummond to a healthy LeBron James and healthy Anthony Davis, and you add a healthy LaMarcus Aldridge to a healthy Harden, Kyrie, Kevin Durant. Who's stopping either of those teams? The big if, the big question mark is, will they be healthy? Because right now, James Harden is really the only guy playing in Brooklyn, and Anthony Davis and LeBron are both out in Los Angeles. And so... A big part of me thinks they're just being super cautious because they know that it's it's championship or bust for both those teams. I hope with all my heart that they all come back fully healthy just before the playoffs, get some synergy going, get some chemistry, get their legs back under them, and then you know meet in the meet in the championship. Well, obviously, I hope the Jazz get there, but from a pure basketball perspective of what would be the absolute best product on the court, it would be a super healthy Lakers versus a super healthy. Brooklyn Nets because those are the two best teams and they just got better. The rich keep getting richer. So the Vegas odds, uh, in fact, I've got them here. I'm going to click it as we speak till I get the freshest, newest results on the Vegas odds for winning a title. The Brooklyn Nets now are a, uh, they're still in first at a plus 275. So they're 11 to four odds to win the title. The Lakers are second at three to one odds. Clippers are third kind of a pretty distant third now at 11 to 2. Brooklyn and Los Angeles right there neck and neck to win the title. I think if you see Kevin Durant come back, you're going to see the 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 Nets chances go up even higher. Bucks come in at 4th, Utah Jazz at 5th. So the Bucks are 7 to 1, Jazz are 8 to 1 and then it drops off pretty heavy from there. The Sixers at 13 to 1. So top 5 are Nets, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Jazz in that order. I'll do my power rankings tomorrow. I want to get into this uh interview with Lisa, so here we go. Lisa, thank you for being here. This is a, a lot of fun. We've had some fun memories together and uh, you're now on the podcast. Are you excited or what? Yeah, I'm pumped. This has been great. I mean, you've been doing the podcast for a little while and I've been listening to it and, you know, listening as your friend supporting you. So yeah, yeah. to be a part of it this time. <laughs> yeah. And I've, uh, you know, let it die for a while. I'm resurrecting it now. I'm pretty motivated. So thank you for being on. And you are a diehard Laker fan, yes. right? Through and okay. through. Yes. Through and through. <laughs> Uh, from the Southern California area, and that's where you are right now, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So why the Lakers, not the Clippers, huh? Why are you even asking that question? <laughs> <laughs> the question answers itself. <laughs> it does. It does. If I grew up in Southern California, there's only one team I'd be rooting for as well. So. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those where, to me, like, the Clippers are kind of like the little brother to me. Yeah. Even in the years where they were doing better, it's just... And, and really, hey, we've got 17 championships. So as yeah. long as there's that gap, it's always just a, you know, you're all. <laughs> were, were you nervous last year at all with all the Clipper hype? Were you nervous no. that the Clippers were going to come in and 
you know, hang their own banner eventually? Um, no, just because of the drama that they had yeah. on their own team, you know, and, and just like how the Lakers team dynamic was, I wasn't worried about it. Like, yeah. I'm, and I mean, I, of course I had some moments where I was a little nervous, but I had just keep reminding myself, I'm like, at the time, like we have 16, we have 16. It doesn't matter if they get a one, we will always have more. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, it's funny. Like the Clippers were so high on everybody's list last year, mine yeah. included. And I do think, you know, and I actually did not uh, plan to talk about this, but it's kind of just naturally going that way. I've said on the podcast before the bubble championship, there, there's an asterisk next to it for me. You know, I hate to take that away from you guys. I'm not, I mean, you did win the championship that was up for grabs that year, but it's not the same. I mean, there was a five month break in the middle of the season or really right towards the end of the season. Yeah. And then you're in this bubble where it's kind of like a glorified AAU tournament, which I played in as a kid. And it very much was like that. You're all like in these hotels near each other. You're there for a while. And so no fans, no traveling, a lot less pressure in my opinion. Um, but the Clippers, either way, they just completely fell apart and right. dunk it up. Um, but big, big trades happened in the last few days, which is why I really wanted to get you on the podcast now. Um, and it kind of just feels like the rich keep getting richer. That's something I've talked about before, just before you hopped on here. Right. Um, you know, the Nets, they just keep signing everybody. I just can't wait to see who comes out of retirement now to join them next, you know. Um, but so they get LaMarcus Aldridge. And the Lakers pick up Andre Drummond. And so I just want to get your thoughts on, on those two pickups. They weren't trades. They were both bought out by their teams and kind of picked up in free agency, essentially. So, yeah, yeah. let's hear it. So, I mean, in regard to the buyouts, I mean, it's for me, it's a little annoying. And right, because really with the buyouts, you have to be on a team that's sucky enough where they're willing to give you up. But you, you're good enough as a player to help out whatever new team you're going to. Um, but I do have a problem with when it is these all-star level players and in the case of the Nets I mean they have this opportunity to go form a super team and granted I'm sure people have receipts from I own Twitter or come after me on my thoughts on that but mostly it's you know I mean maybe I turned a blind eye to some super teams if my favorite players (laughs) but I I mean it's frustrating I mean I feel like all season long, it's really just been like, okay, the Nets just added so and so. You know, it's like we've got Harden, or they've got Harden now, and then they Blake Griffin with his buyout a couple weeks before, yep. and then you've got LMA. So it's a little frustrating to kind of see that, um, you know. But I will say that in regards to Drummond, I, I mean, again, I'm I'm petty, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm just happy that he chose the Lakers over the Celtics. So for me, that's a win any day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So be honest here. Who would you have rather gotten, Aldridge or Drummond? Um, I, I mean, it's hard. I, I think that um, Drummond fits in well with, I think, the Lakers defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also he can be a little too extra. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he tries to take certain shots and they're just, they never go in. He takes terrible shots. Yeah. Um, he has a terrible two point you know, percentage. Um, but I think that, I mean, with the Lakers team being very big, heavy, um, it's going to limit his minutes anyways. Um, You know, I think right now with some of the issues, just from the health and safety protocols with the solve, we'll just kind of be able to slip him in, Um, you know, but I think he's a great in the meantime player. It makes Mm -hmm. room for as soon as AD is back and that's great. And they'll just kind of be able to rotate, Um, you know, so I think it it is a good move, uh, but I think overall the better player is LaMarcus Aldridge. Okay. Yeah. And I, I was, so I was thinking about this a lot and uh, the big, the big thing right now is LaMarcus Aldridge is 35 
and right. Andre Drummond is only 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at their numbers this year, Drummond's having the better year, but Drummond's always played for really sucky teams. And so he's kind yeah. of been relied on to be like the guy. Yeah. And now he'll be probably a fourth option on offense, maybe a third, you know, yeah. um, assuming LeBron and Anthony Davis ever come back. Um, <laughs> so I, I actually feel like maybe at this point in their careers, I actually think that Andre Drummond is the better player. Um, he's eight yeah. years younger. And in, in, in NBA years, that's a lot of years, you know, unless you're oh, yeah. LeBron James, no, it, then you're just an age. But. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, and I do think that paired with the Lakers, I mean, look at, I mean, the veterans on that team already, he's going to be able to learn a lot from them. Uh, like you said, prior to that, Drummond was just on really psyche teams yeah. <laughs> and kind of forced to kind of drive the offense. Um, but yeah. that's not the role that he should be playing. So I think that I mean, he's great above the rim. Uh, there's a lot he's going to be able to learn and hopefully – with LeBron there, maybe I'll just kind of give him that look of like, don't take that shot. Yeah. <laughs> now I'll be enough. <laughs> so, so your Lakers, they've kind of, um, so last year they win the championship, right. And they have the NBA is all going towards the three point shot, three point yeah. shooters. Just, just, let's just load up with three point shooters. The jazz who we got to talk about a little bit, they added another three point shooter um, who nobody's ever heard of, but he's yeah. uh, only in his second year. Matt Thomas, I think is his name. Right. Yeah. And the guy can light it up. So the, uh, the, the league in general just goes towards the three-point shot. The Lakers, however, they're kind of going back to like, you know, 80s, 90s ball and just loading up with bigs. So now you've replaced Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, who actually helped you win a title last year, and you've replaced them with Mark Gasol and now Andre Drummond. Um, do you feel like you upgraded there at the bigs, or is it kind of a lateral move? Because Mark Gasol's product- productivity this year has been pretty awful, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? It's a good question. I mean, I think it's mostly been just kind of lateral, to be honest. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, my biggest qualm with the Lakers over the last few years has been the need for shooters. You know, mm-hmm. even when they signed LeBron, they got rid of shooters. They created for AD, they got rid of shooters. Um, and that's a that's an issue for me. Um, you know, so I mean, we'll see. But they are they're big team they're hard to guard yeah defense um so that they do have that working in their favor um but i mean hey if it ever if it comes down to the nets versus lakers that's going to be hard too because the nets have some bigs that can shoot um so i think i don't know personally that's something that i struggle with is the fact that we constantly have a lack of shooters and we're just kind of bringing in lots of bigs but a lot of our bigs are always getting injured Yeah. So in some ways they don't have a choice. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that real quick. The, the injuries. I mean, right now we've got the two heavyweights, the Nets and the Lakers who everybody, myself included feels like if healthy, those are the teams that are going to meet in the finals, yeah. but yet we haven't seen the Nets play more than a handful of games with Harden, Kyrie and right. all on the court at the same time. Yeah. Anthony Davis has been out for more than a month. They're saying LeBron's going to be out for at least another few weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, are you worried as a Lakers fan that the, the LeBron and AD are actually going to be able to make it back in time or what are your thoughts there? Are you hearing anything? I know you're friends with some of the reporters and things like that. So do you, I know you follow all the Laker insider stuff. Like what's the word there? What do you, what do you got? Um, no, I mean, I'm not too worried, honestly. I mean, I, I maybe part of that is me just telling myself, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, Wishful it's just more so yeah. the fan side of me. I'm like, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Just kind of manifesting some good energy, yep. Um, yep. you know, but no, I mean, I don't think that it's that much to be worried about. I mean, the AD has been getting his injured, injured his whole career. Uh, so I guess it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, this is just kind of routine. <laughs> um, Which, but I, yeah. 
that to me that that's kind of what I'm talking about. That's where that last year's title had a huge advantage. You get five months off. Yeah. Heal up, you know, and I don't know. Do, do you think the Lakers are just being super cautious to make sure that they are healthy for a playoff run because they're just not worried about team chemistry or is there something deeper here where maybe there's an actual lingering injury that they don't want to talk about kind of like Kevin Durant's with the Warriors when it was like, no, 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 it's just a calf strain. We promise it's just a calf strain. They put him in the game and he tears his Achilles, which we all assumed it was from right. the start. Right. So do you think there's something more? Do you have any, or, or, you know, anyway, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Cause if I was the Lakers fan, I'd be like, uh, guys, like you're going to come back and play. Cause without yeah. those two, you guys got no shot without those two. Oh no. And I agree. And I think if there is something deeper, I'm not as worried about it given it's the perfect time for those injuries to happen. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, even with them out, they're playing. Okay. You know, they're in the, you know, they're fourth in the West, so they'll yeah. still be fine making it into the playoffs. Um, but that's still enough time that even let's say if they are struggling, um, I think the team would probably be trying to push them in as soon as possible. Um, mm -hmm. But they're not in that sense. They're kind of safe with getting to the playoffs. So I think the more time that they can give AD and LeBron some more time to rest, like you said, to that advantage that they had several months off to be able to go, you know, into the playoffs, it will benefit them, you know, to be able to have that extra rest time. Um, and so I think for now, even with Drummond, he's a great in the meantime player. He's great. So as soon as AD feels like he's good, or even if it's kind of bringing him back with some minute restrictions, it's great to kind of cycle them in. So mm -hmm. I'm not too worried about it. If it is something deeper, I understand. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that because I think they're in, they're set up in a good spot for it. Yeah. So do you feel like um, the Nets are the only team to worry about in the East or are you worried at all about the Bucks or the Sixers? You know, if you were to meet uh, one of them. I guess I'm, I'm not too worried now that even the Nets have LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, I think he's going to be great up against Embiid if that's who their matchup is with, you know? Yeah. So I think he'll be great with defending. Um, you know, I do think it'll be interesting to kind of see where they kind of match up Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge because Griffin's playing great. He's playing much better on the Nets than he was with the Pistons. He had no dunks for like a year and a half or something. And now he's just this dunking <laughs> machine again. Right. The exactly. one where he dunked, uh, he got the alley-oop from Harden against the Pistons and then just jogged over and stared down the bench as he ran back down court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. Griffin's right now is playing small ball center, and I think that's exactly where LMA would fit in. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to kind of see how they work that into the rotation. Uh, and, like, to your point, they really, with their kind of big three, haven't played them all together very many yeah. times for us to be that confident in how they'll play out in the playoffs. And, I mean, we know how hard it is in the playoffs. It doesn't really show up. So, yeah. He doesn't, but then Kyrie does, Durant Kyrie does, does, you know, mm -hmm. it'll just be interesting. It's something I've been talking a lot about a lot on the podcast is just what were their, what will their team chemistry be like when they're all three on the court? Because I think Durant and Harden have proven that they can be unselfish. Right. Kyrie's kind of a head case. I mean, the guy just takes time off whenever he wants. Uh, I've actually been on Kyrie's case on the podcast. Just feeling like, I mean, the guy's getting like unlimited PTO, um, and I, I think the league needs to crack down on this kind of thing. It's like they're making all their money. I don't even want to get on this tangent, but the league makes all of their money from fans and media, yeah. but yet the fans and the media are the ones that, that suffer. All of the money comes from the fans and the TV, TV networks to the franchises. And then from the franchises to the players, but then they can just do whatever they want and not play. And then the, the, the networks get screwed because now the ratings go way down because none of the stars are playing. 
and the fans get screwed because the people they wanted to see the product they wanted to see on the court isn't there, but then the player still gets all of their money. You know, it just seems like a kind of a raw deal, but I, I'm a little bit worried for the nets with Kyrie because I think he is a little bit of a drama queen, a little bit yeah. of a diva, a little bit of a head case. Um, so I think the Lakers have a lot less to worry about when it comes to uh, team chemistry come playoff right. time without having played a ton together because LeBron and AD are like the perfect match. They're like literally right. a match made in heaven for each other. And we just don't know if Kyrie is that with Harden and uh, Kevin Durant. Right? right. And I think those guys are going to know their place, meaning Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, they know their place. They're not yeah. in that big three at all. Right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting. Um, okay. A couple of things we wanted to talk about here. Um, the jazz, my Utah jazz. And I actually, so you and I went to a jazz Lakers game together once. Do you remember this? Oh, we sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a little bit of a, you know, something I want to share with our viewing audience. Uh, just a little, little, uh, video I have here. This is uh, after the game. Just leaving the Jazz game here. The Jazz just beat the Lakers. Uh, Lisa, how do you feel? All right, that should just about <laughs> sum it up. <laughs> yeah, we should note that I'm moving my mouth, but nothing is coming out. It was just, I didn't know what to say at that point. <laughs> a lot of disappointment, okay? <laughs> Uh, another fun video I found, by the way, from that night, we, the, the yellow card concert was that very night, as you may recall. Oh yeah. And okay. <laughs> okay. You got to check this out real quick. <laughs> I think that I saw most of the concert, you know, from yeah. like behind everybody else's head <laughs> except for like the exception of you putting me on your shoulders at one point <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was a very fun night but the jazz got the better of the lakers that night that of yeah, course was like did. five years ago um but the jazz are pretty good this year yeah okay they're number one in the entire nba for both their record their point differential and the number of wins against plus 500 teams so by all metrics out there the Jazz are really freaking good this year. So my question to you is, as a as a non bias you know, you're you're obviously not a Jazz fan, right? I mean, you like the Jazz, but they're yeah. distant to your Lakers, right? Um, or do you, do you like the Jazz? I mean, you kind of like them. I mean, I kind of have a phrase I use because I get this asked this question a lot. As okay. I always tell people, like I'm married to the Lakers, and but if the Jazz are kind of like the Jazz are like my side chick. <laughs> And, but like, listen, the Lakers just brought me a championship. So we are happily married. There are yeah. no issues at the moment. Yeah. So I don't really have to look that way, but. <laughs> how, how offended are you that I say there's an asterisk next to that last championship? Listen, because it's your podcast, I'm being respectful. <laughs> no, but. say it. Come at me. I don't want you to. <laughs> no, I, okay. Here's how I feel. Like I understand your point of, you know, they're, they had a few months off, they're able to rest up and yeah, to the advantage, especially with the rookies that helped them a ton because it's almost like they're going into their second season in mm -hmm. a sense. Um, Do you not feel like it especially helped LeBron, the guys like 98 years old, still somehow like has endless energy, but it feels like it would start to run out. And then he gets, gets to fully rest up and come back as healthy as can be I, I, i'll let you keep going but that, that's no, why i think no. it's a huge advantage was for, for lebron sure but i mean i feel like that's just i mean lebron could take a week off and the same thing would happen i that's don't think true. he's human so <laughs> there's that yeah. um but no i mean i think 
going into the bubble, it wasn't necessarily a quick, just a, the same continuation of the season. You know, I think yeah. it really was at that point, cutting it off to just the best of the best. So I don't see it as an asterisk because I'm like, well, you took it from that point of who was going to make it anyways, you know? Yeah. So even if they all got to rest up, it didn't matter because all of the best of the best we're getting the equal amount of time to rest, you know, and then you put them all in. And so it's almost taking it to the next level, in my opinion, where it's like, okay, you've got the greatest of all time here together, at least in our season. And then we all rested up and now we take it, you know, beyond. So I think it's even, you know, we got to see them at an even higher level. I mean, yes, there aren't the same kind of fans there. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, I mean, I know that for them, that was the hardest part. I mean, there is an energy that you play off of having Mm -hmm. the fans there, but I think also given the time that wasn't a possibility. Yeah, it wasn't a possibility. I get that. Um, But LeBron is kind of a late game free throw disaster. And I having played basketball, you know, just at the high school level, people all watching you and staring at you. Like the reason a free throw is hard for, for people that are really good basketball players like LeBron James, who is like one of the greatest to ever play, but he he's, he's like a very below average free throw shooter, especially a late game. In fact, there's some stat, I don't have it right here handy, but I know that, um, that when it comes to like late game free throws among guys that you would consider superstars, he's like the worst of all time. Okay. Um, And the reason for that is because it's all, it's all mental. And when you know, there's like thousands and thousands of eyeballs staring at you and, and, and and there's no defense, there's no excuse. Like it's, it's so different than like a rhythm jump shot or, you know, and, and I think a lot of that was just taken away in the bubble because no fans were there. And so it's just kind of like you're, you're, you're almost at practice at that point shooting, you know, Sure. I don't know. Anyway. So, okay. So I've back to the jazz. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts on, on the Lakers thing. And you're right. Like it was, I think evidence of it being different is look at the Miami heat this year. They made the finals last year in the bubble and they're like going to be the fourth or fifth seed at best, you know, in the, in the East this year. But, um, either way, that was the championship that was presented and the Lakers got it. So I'm not going to take that away from them at all. Okay. Back to the jazz (laughs) or you. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, the Jazz are obviously a small market team, one of the smallest in the NBA. And I want to have a couple of uh, things here to talk about. One, though, first is, do the Jazz have a real shot this year at a title? Or are they like that Atlanta Hawks team from like 10 years ago that that won? Getting someone calling twice on my do not disturb. Or are they like that Atlanta Hawks team? Um, from a couple years ago that won like 60 games or whatever, not a couple years ago, but it was probably 10 years ago. I just remember there was a Hawks team that won like 62 games. And I was like, they have no shot at actually winning a title. And of course they didn't. So where would you put the Jazz on the spectrum? (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of worried that it will kind of look like the Bucks of like the last couple of years, right? Yeah. They yeah. Amazing during the regular season. They're number one in the league. And then, and going into the playoffs, then that's where they struggle. Um, I mean, I don't, it's hard to say. I don't, I don't know where to judge it because and not to like, no, I the jazz, but they haven't won a championship, you know? Yeah. So I don't really know what to expect past a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. I, I mean, part of that too depends on, okay, let's say they get to the finals. Okay. Then it's going to depend also on their matchup on the East. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't really been able to see a lot of kind of the big three on the nets, but if they come out and they blow us all away, 
it's a done deal. Like the, the Jazz aren't going to be able to match up against that in my yeah. defense I mean, or in their defense, excuse me. So that's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. So I think that like, it, it's tricky. I, I don't, I mean, and I also feel, I mean, the Jazz have done great. I've been really impressed because I feel like over the last few years, all we've seen is just this consistent fourth, fifth seed spot. You know, mm-hmm. and it kind of and, and it scares jazz fans sometimes, right? Because they're like, if they're never gonna come out at fourth or fifth seed, Donovan's gonna leave, Royce is gonna leave. You know, you just start yeah. worrying about that, right? Like but when no, Gordon Hayward left, yeah. Yeah, and, and that was the thing. And part of the argument with him leaving was like they're all just gonna be a fourth or fifth seed. So in order mm-hmm. for him to do well, he's gotta leave. You know, and so I think people are worried about saying the same thing, but they've played completely different this year and they've done a really great job. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, I, I feel like I can't give the best answer for that because I don't know, I don't really have much to compare it to. And yeah. I think while everyone here, or at least in Utah is paying attention, you know, during the Stockton Malone days, my head was just elsewhere. Kobe had just come on, you know, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> I wasn't paying as much attention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I I don't disagree with you. You know, I've said before on the podcast that the, the Jazz have not proven anything. Uh, they've proven to lose in the second round, and that's kind of the best they can do. We haven't made a Western Conference Finals uh, since uh, Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer days in like two thousand eight or nine or whenever it was. But um, but I do think this Jazz team is pretty legit, and this is a year where I feel like it's actually more open than people realize. Obviously, if if and it's a huge if, and that's why it's more open. If fully healthy, yeah, the Lakers and the Nets are on a you know collision course to meet each other, but neither of them is fully healthy, and it's their very best players that are not healthy. So if something – and you know, I look at that Raptors championship of two years ago, they have no shot at winning the title if Kevin Durant stays healthy, if Klay Thompson stays healthy, but they didn't, and so the Raptors get a title. Yeah. So this is a year where the Jazz or the Bucks or the Sixers or the Clippers, for that matter, could sneak in and, and do it uh, in that regard, um, but – you know, that's probably their only shot is if, if one of those teams uh, or both of those teams is not fully healthy. That's my opinion. I hate to admit it, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about uh, one more trade. Um, and then, and then we're going to get into your Lakers Mount Rushmore, which I know you're probably excited to share. So uh, I just mentioned the Clippers and I forgot to ask you earlier. Uh, obviously Rajon Rondo was with the Lakers last year for their championship run, went to the Hawks was probably like a mentor to Trey young for a while didn't put up big numbers at all. In fact, he had statistically, he's had a horrible season, mm-hmm. but I think he probably was there more to mentor a Trey young and, and Trey's actually playing quite a bit better. Now Hawks are winning games. They're actually, it looks like they're going to make the playoffs. Um, but now yeah. they've got, uh, they've gotten rid of Rajon Rondo and he is now with the Clippers. Do you feel like that's a solid addition? Did he help the Lakers last year much? Is he going to be having some sort of insider info to give to the Clippers on how to beat the Lakers. Like, what are your thoughts on that, that, uh, that deal? Um, I mean, listen, when he got injured with his hand, um, you know, with the Lakers going into the playoffs, I mean, that you could, that they definitely felt that and his return made a big difference as well. Um, so, I mean, he was great, you know, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I think that he'll do well on the Clippers. I mean, it's kind of hard to say with that dynamic, but I mean, he's got a great relationship with Ty Lue from Boston. Um, and I think a lot of times, especially with that Clippers team, or at least I know that it's kind of dismantling some team things, but they need a good team dynamic mm-hmm. and, you know, Rondo's presence for the Lakers, he, you know, really helped out there as a veteran, clearly with Atlanta. I think he can do the same thing for the Clippers. Is that enough for me to worry about? No, it's more of that, like, you know, I'm happy for you. Glad you're doing well in your life, but that doesn't impact me. 
<laughs> you sound like you, you sound like Snoop Dogg every time the Clippers are brought up. He's like, ah, not worried about it. <laughs> Uncle Snoop, you know, he <laughs> preaches the gospel truth when it comes to the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get into your Lakers Mount Rushmore. Uh, I'm very interested to hear who you've got on this because before you reveal it, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, does LeBron make the Mount Rushmore of Lakers? Because he's the best player to ever play for the Lakers, but is he a Laker legend or is he more of a Cavs legend? Is he more of a Miami Heat legend? I'm interested about that. Wilt Chamberlain played there. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant. There's so many names. Um, Jerry West. I mean, the list could go on and on. Elgin Baylor. Like, so let's hear it. Who's your Lakers Mount Rushmore? For those that don't know, she gets four players. Here we go. This was probably the hardest of all the questions that you asked me <laughs> because like all the players you just named, it was kind of having to narrow it down, uh -huh. but spoiler LeBron is not on my Mount Rushmore. Okay. Like I think, yours. I think that's the right choice because he's, he's only been there for, this is his third Three season. Yeah. yeah. His first yeah. year, he didn't even make the playoffs and second year won a title and he's in his third year, but anyway, go ahead. Let's hear it. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Number one, and most of it is going to have to do with impact. Um, and I also think that depending on which era you're asking, like this Laker fan grew up in is probably going to impact who yeah. they choose on their As it should. Yeah. Right. Like I, I think my dad would probably say differently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I, mine is Kobe, Shaq, Magic, Kareem. Um, so Can't I argue mean, with that. Yeah. So I, and those are hard to argue with. And, and I think that some people might switch out Shaq maybe with Jerry West or, I mean, I, who knows, but I. No, Shaq you got to have Shaq in there. Three finals, th three titles, three finals, MVPs. Uh, he won his sole league MVP while with the Lakers. I mean, yeah, it's Shaq's got to be on there. Who's the greatest Laker ever. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> um, oh, you know, uh, I might give it to magic. I would agree. Uh, I, yeah. I think magic and everyone would say Kobe. Um, I don't know if they would have said Kobe, you know, before he passed, it's, it's one of those things, but he, he's right there. I actually magic did say Kobe before he passed because magic's just humble like that. And it's, it, it's like, I mean, you've got the greatest players ever have all gone to the Lakers. It feels like, you know? And so, you can't really go wrong, but okay. The other question I asked you is uh, your NBA Mount Rushmore. And I want to tell you now, if Michael Jordan doesn't make the list, I'm ending this call and we're never talking again. So go ahead. Listen, I know my audience, Sean, okay? <laughs> um, number one, I actually do have, you're going to be surprised by this. So okay. I have Michael. Okay. Of course. Um, I have LeBron. Okay. Uh, I have Magic. Okay. And... I kind of was teetering on my fourth between, and mind you, I'm kind of looking over the span of a few decades. So it's yeah. not just like, okay, right now. Mm -hmm. um, I threw on Mad, or I threw in Larry. Larry Bird? Yeah. And okay. I mean, it's also with like a like alternate Kobe. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I'm just kind of looking at, you know, impact on the league, um, mm -hmm. you know, just their ability, just playing ability. And yeah. So, I mean, I threw, I threw Larry on there. Well, Larry Bird, I mean, he's a, what, a three-time MVP. I think he's the only player to ever win three consecutive MVP awards. Um, he and Magic Johnson made the league what it is. I mean, yeah. they literally took the league from nothing to something huge. And then Michael Jordan took the torch and just sprinted ahead with it even right. further. Um, 
so yeah, can't argue with that list. I would maybe say, so you had, okay, let's review. You said Michael Jordan, yep. LeBron James, who was your third one? Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Okay. Yeah. That's tough to argue with. I probably, I probably would not have Larry Bird on mine, but I don't know who I'd even replace him with. That, that's, that's a really good list. I, I can't, I can't lie. That's a really, really good list. Um, okay. Um, by the way, who is your alternate with, uh, the Lakers Mount Rushmore? You said that Kobe was kind of your, you know, alternate, uh, all-time NBA Mount Rushmore. Who's like an alternate on the Lakers Mount Rushmore? Um, I didn't really have an alternate. I guess it would have been LeBron, but I don't feel like he's earned it yet. Yeah. You're like staunchly. You know? Those four are exactly who I would choose, by the way, for the Lakers. I mean, it's. Because Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, no. Wilt, no. I didn't play there. You know, Wilt's best years weren't with the Lakers, kind of similar to LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would yeah. maybe even argue my an alternate to throw on would be Jerry West. Um, yeah. You know, but like I said, I think it also depends on the generation who you're going to, who you ask. Um, Jerry West but, has a very LeBron-like record in the finals. Loses a lot more than he wins. <laughs> dabs, aren't you, Sean? <laughs> Okay. Last thing. And then we're, we're, we're going to wrap up here. Thank you, by the way, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, real quick, just give us it in like 30 seconds or a a minute, your three most memorable sports moments, like memory moments where you're like, I will never forget where I was when blank happened. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm going to give you one because I I put this together in such a poetic way that I need you to know where my heart is. Okay, Okay. I like that. Yeah. So it is, Oh, I'm in a, I have goosebumps already. Okay, so <laughs> Robert Ory, buzzer beater, game four of 2002 Western Conference Finals, okay? Yes. Kings were up 2-1 in the series. At the end of the first, first quarter, Kings had a 20-point lead, okay? Lakers cut it down to 14 at halftime, seven at the end of the third. One, 11 seconds left in the game, the Kings are up by one, okay? Kobe misses. Shaq then tries to tip it in, misses. It gets knocked out of the paint by Diva. The ball gets into Robert Rory's hand behind the three-point line, takes a shot, buzzer goes off while the ball's in the air. Angels from on high sing, <laughs> and that ball sinks right in, okay? They come back to win the series, and that was the year of the three-peat. That play, those 11 <laughs> seconds, are the most stressful and glorious 11 seconds in my just sports canon, okay? <laughs> like, awesome. As a Laker fan, I'm telling you, I have goosebumps. goosebumps. It makes me so happy. I knew exactly where I was. I got in trouble because I jumped on the couch. (laughs) 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 But I mean, my family were screaming. We're just so happy. And again, this is the the year of the three-peat we're just we're on a high and just stoked so i that is my moment that is forever my moment anytime anyone gives me anything else i'm like i understand that was good that was good that was good but that robert ori three point shot is forever my moment i love that i love that it's robert ori and not you know kobe dropping 81 or something like that even though those were awesome moments that's a moment that i was not expecting robert ori's three i mean i i definitely remember that and i'm gonna actually see if i can find the clip and throw it in here but uh, that's a watch when when you have a bad day watch that clip because when you know the stakes that it took to get there like i said they're down two one in that series if they lost this game there's no way they're coming back three one yeah okay it's just (laughs) 
That's a great moment. Lisa, this has been a lot of fun. We're going to have to do this again. So thank you a ton for, for joining us. Thanks for putting up with my list, my Invisalign <laughs> list. I'm adjusting, but <laughs> appreciate it. This is a lot of fun, John. All right. Thanks, Lisa. All right. That is Lisa Roger. Awesome interview. She is extremely intelligent, loves the NBA, loves her Lakers. She held back a little bit. You know, I could tell I was trying to ruffle her feathers, you know, and and talk about the asterisk, which I do feel like there's an asterisk next to last year's championship. I just do. Uh, and it's not just because it's the Lakers or LeBron. I actually don't hate the Lakers, and I certainly don't hate LeBron. I love LeBron. I hope he keeps playing for another 10 years. Uh, but I do feel like there's an asterisk. But anyway, she handled it well. Thank you, Lisa. Be sure and follow her on Twitter, by the way. She's extremely intelligent. She's a great follow. At Lisa Bell. And for those on YouTube, I'll put it up on the screen. For those listening, it's spelled so at L-I-E-S-E. B-E-L-L-E, at Lisa Bell. Um, okay, so uh, I did look uh, after that it was done. Uh, I took, I, I hit the pause button here, and I went and looked up that clip, and I found it, and it's amazing, and I actually got goosebumps, and here it is. Ten seconds, Kobe Bryant against Christie. Kobe Bryant on the move against Christie. In for the right, flips the shot up, no good. O'Neal lays it up, oh. missed it. Ball tipped oh. out to Orius, straight on three. Good! The Lakers have won! Robert Ory's greatest hits tour continues. Oh, no doubt about it. He's got to be getting a Grammy for that one. Awesome, awesome play. I mean, I remember that one too. I don't remember where I was exactly, but I did get goosebumps watching it. That's an incredible play. Um, but not being the diehard Lakers fan that she is, I don't remember the exact you know location that I was, but that was really cool. It's one of my favorite questions to ask people is just your most memorable sports moments, and that is a really, really good one. I love that one. Um, okay, that's really all the, the time we have for today, guys. There are two games to watch tonight. Uh, obviously, the Elite Eight matchups. We're going to have the Final Four by tomorrow night. That should be interesting. And then the Bucks and Clippers. I'm excited to see the Bucks and Clippers. These are two heavyweights. These are two title contenders. According to the Vegas odds, these are the third and fourth best teams in the NBA. And they go head-to-head -head tonight at full strength. We should say, see uh, Rajon Rondo make his debut for the Clippers. I'm excited to see how it goes. You guys are awesome. I'll see you tomorrow. I am out. Peace. We got the same. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports.